Aloha. It's Wednesday, the 13th, 2022. Uh, time for What Now America? I'm Tim Apicelli, your host. And today's title is Cheney, a January 6th criminal referral to the Department of Justice. You know, a, a criminal referral from the House Select Committee is, it bears no legal weight. But what it is, it's a, it's a suggestion. It's a suggestion to the Department of Justice that they have something that they think is worthy of taking a look at, more than taking a look at, at perhaps investigation or an indictment. Uh, but be as it may, right now, the House Select Committee is debating whether or not there should be a referral from that committee to uh, the Attorney General Merrick Garland. And uh, to discuss that debate, I have with me today, Jay Fidel and Cynthia Lee Sinclair. Good morning. Good morning, Jim. Cynthia. Jay, as you know, um, Liz Cheney is, feels very adamant that uh, there is enough evidence of criminal activity from both Donald Trump and his attorney, John Eastman, uh, that there was a blueprint, if you will, on how to uh, disrupt the electoral counting of votes for January 6th. And part of that is would be a conspiracy, a conspiracy to commit a crime uh, because you're not supposed to interrupt the, uh, the business and activity of Congress. But certainly that's what they were intending to do on January 6th, which actually did happen. They were, they were interrupted from doing their duty, their, their legal business. So here's the question. What are the pros and cons of the House Select Committee of actually referring uh, a, a referral of uh, criminal activity of Donald Trump and Eastman? Hmm. You mean what the discussion is behind closed doors? On that too. Or not to do <laughs> yes. That. I mean, it's closed doors. We really don't know what they're hung up on. But you're right. We can probably at least figure some of the things they might be hung up on. Um, one is, I mean, the fear, uh, and it would be an abject fear that they would make this referral to the Department of Justice, and the Department of Justice wouldn't do anything about it. We've seen that in Meadows. Um, they're still sitting on Meadows. N not, not a word. Not yes, not no, not maybe, not a word. And so we could get that gap, and that may, it may terrify them to have that kind of vacuum there. Uh, so that's um, one, one reason. Another reason is the, that although Liz Cheney feels that there's enough evidence, um, there may be others on the committee, and there are some very qualified people on that committee, uh, who don't feel there's enough evidence, and they want more. Um, they want it all in a, you know, a, with a little bow on the top. And it's, it's, they may have some, but they're looking at others, and they want to finish their work on those others. So those are, those are the kinds of things, uh, or maybe they just have some kind of you know, basic mm, congressional mm, empty debate, you know, a meaningless debate, um, just demonstrating again that nobody can get together and find consensus in Congress, even the Democrats. Well, um, let me throw out a suggestion is that they're concerned about the politicization of this, of this investigation by the Congress, and they're worried that it will be politicized once they refer to the DOJ, and it gets wrapped up in um, the witch hunt discussion that Trump well, so that's much always like, loves to use. That will always be applicable, always and always and always. If that's what it scares them. It's ridiculous. Um, they shouldn't think give a second for that because they're going to be they're going to be attacked for that no matter when they turn everything over to DOJ. 
Well, the other thing is whether the House refers uh, this for criminal referral. Uh, let's, let's not forget what's going on in Georgia. And remember, there's the uh, the investigation of the Secretary of State, uh, Brad Ruffin, Ruffinsberger, and the um, you know the thing that I need eleven thousand seven hundred eighty votes. That investigation. So regardless of what Congress does, uh, there's there's a parallel track, assumably, uh, presumably that. Um, it's There's not really also, parallel, though, because, you know, the Raffensperger thing is one instance in one state with one official. Um, you know, the select committee is talking about the insurrection, which is much broader and more important, really, in my view, and maybe in their view, um, you know, than, than just this one Raffensperger issue. Mm -hmm. Both were criminal, no doubt. But um, the one on January 6th was more serious because uh, it, it got part of the way home um, to, you know, disrupt the democracy and essentially overthrow the government. That's what it was, overthrow the government. But I want, I want to add there are, there are points, um, you know, to suggest the other side of that argument uh, that's going on in the select uh, committee. Um, you know, this is a good time to do it because everybody is waiting. Um, and they're going to be blamed for political timing no matter what. But right now, the whole country is waiting and people are losing confidence. I don't know if you saw Winston's latest uh, brain food link that he sent around this morning, I think, um, about apathy in this country. People are really getting apathetic. They're getting complacent because they're waiting. And there's no we're not going to the next inning. We don't get there. We're waiting on the select committee. We're waiting on the Department of Justice. We're sitting here in a, in a kind of time warp. Um, and I think that if you're playing to the, the public, you, you, you can't do that. You have to tell them at least what's going on. You know, we had this discussion before, and I thought it was a very good discussion. Namely, you know, Joe Biden said at the outset that he wasn't going to tell his attorney general what to do. Uh, you know, that he should indict or not indict, call a grand jury, not call a grand jury, investigate, none of it. But he, he, he certainly can and should say, ask his attorney general to say what's going on. Um, it's, it's all, you know, it's a black box. It's a, it's a curtain. And we don't know. And we cannot um, be excited or uh, even feel that there's something happening if nobody tells us that there's anything happening. This is a real problem. And Joe Biden set this up for himself. Um, and now he has to, well, he thinks he has to live with it. But I think he's wrong. I think he should be telling. You wouldn't be the first Eric. president to change his mind about something. That's right. I, I, I recall the previous president doing it about uh, 1,050 times. You know, it's. Yeah, well, but he could do it without doing it, you know. Right. He said, look, I, I'm not going to tell him whether to indict or not indict, but I, I'm going to tell him he has to tell the public what's going on. Or if not, tell me what's going on, and I will tell the public. Well, that, and I guess a that's a great secret. point, is regardless if this goes for, forward as a criminal referral to the DOJ or not, doesn't it accomplish the one thing, and that is the spotlight on Merrick Garland and saying, what's up, que pasa? Yeah, I mean, we sat around watching the emperor's new clothes for... Uh, Bob Mueller for years. And at the end of the day, nothing burger. I think the word was invented for Bob, Bob Mueller. 
And now we get nothing burger again. And you can try to justify and, and tell me what great credentials Merrick has and, and that his heart is in the right place. But you know, in these times, with the threat on our democracy, with the failure of so many government institutions, um, he cannot afford this Bob Mueller type of science. I mean, silence. It is, it is very dangerous silence. Especially now in the in the uh, you know the the prospect of an election six months six months away, especially now with the Republicans trying to destroy the system with their voting changes around the country, um, he cannot afford to do that. And not only because people would be apathetic, but because it emboldens those who are thinking about another insurrection, namely Trump. Um, if you can get away with it one time, why not a second? You know, this is this goes to the heart of the stability of, of the republic, and he's not doing anything. I it's interesting that a man could have all these great credentials and be a judge and be considered for the Supreme Court and not understand that. Good points. Um, to follow on uh, this line of inquiry, Cynthia. You know, not long ago, Merrick Garland got in front of the podium, in front of the microphone, and and was quite. Rare resolute when he said, I'm going to fall this no matter how high it goes up. But do we even know that there's an investigation occurring within the DOJ or not? Um, I don't know if he formally announced there is an investigation. I don't think he did. No, he didn't. He did not. Oh. I mean, so he, on one hand, he makes a statement going this will follow this to no matter who's involved and how high it goes up. Uh, I will not be deterred. But then there's no announcement of an investigation. So to you, Cynthia, is Merrick Garland, our U.S. Attorney General, waiting for something from the House Select Committee before he can get off out of his chair and act? Um, he doesn't need it. Like I said, um, the referral has no legal weight to it. It's merely a suggestion. So what is Merrick Garland waiting for, in your opinion? Oof. <laughs> um. You just answered. Never mind. You just answered the question. Thank, thank you for that brilliant answer, Cynthia. <laughs> hey, necessary sound effects, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think he is a federalist at heart. That's where his roots are. And I know I've said this before, so I don't want to sound like a broken record, but he's an academic. Academics move slowly. And I disagree with you guys. I thought he did say that there was an investigation and he was not going to comment. Well, I think it's, it's a tense thing, Cynthia. He said something like there would be that he will follow. But he didn't say we have something going on right now today. I thought he said very specifically that there is an investigation, but I am not going to talk about in any investigations. But but I, I reassure you that we will follow it up to as high as it goes. Well, I'm and sure I'm by the end of the Biden administration, we'll find out something. Well, that's the problem. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So how are we supposed to have a fair election coming up in 2022 when all these Republicans have filled all the Secretary of State you know, positions and we have so many um, Republican legislatures all over the place that have already shown that they are perfectly willing to break the law, to go against what the voters say, which is against the law, um, but they're willing to do it. So I almost don't know if it's going to make any difference if we come out and 
you know, give Trump a good little perp walk out of Mar-a-Lago. Is that going to make a difference? I don't know. I think it just goes so much deeper than Trump. But, you know, I have a, a quote from, uh, uh, from Liz Cheney about this whole thing about there's a dispute amongst them. She claims that there is no dispute amongst them. There is not really a dispute on the committee. The committee is working in a really collaborative way to discuss these issues as we are with all of the issues we're addressing and we're continuing to work together to do so. I would not characterize there being a dispute on the committee. I think it is the single most collaborative committee on which I've ever served, which I thought Interesting. was Interesting. So same question to you as I presented. Her, that it should be referred. Oh, I think it should be referred. But they don't agree she, with her. Well, the committee cannot. We don't. We don't know that yet, Jay. We, we, we don't, don't know. know she is saying that it's not that the committee doesn't agree with her. This is what she says. Um, I think that we have seen what we have seen is a massive and well organized and well planned effort to use multiple tools to try to overturn the election. That is what she said. And so if they're all on the same page, they all believe that he did it. And there's enough evidence. So really, the only question now is whether or not they're going to refer it. But it doesn't mean that they're they're like one person agrees and the other one doesn't. That's I don't think that's she was trying to say that's not the dynamic. That's what the media seems. To I, be I think you're spending words here, Cynthia. Hmm? I mean, either they agree it should be referred or they don't. Well, they're trying to weigh all the different things. So they're afraid that if there's an that it will in, if there's an investigation already, this could interfere with that investigation because it starts a whole other one. They don't know if it can be incorporated into any investigation that he's already got, or if it creates a new one. And these are the kind of you know what I get out of this, Tim, is that we we're having a conversation that's based on insufficient information to the public. Uh, well, yes, neither yes, Joe Biden nor nor the committee, um, nor for that matter, of course, uh, Merrick Garland is telling us what is going on, what they are doing, where they want to go, what they have, what they don't have. They're not telling us very much. And, right. and so we're left here. We're arguing about and I shouldn't say argue because we never argue about anything here. Oh, no, well, I'd rather argue no, no, than no. quarrel. <laughs> I'd rather have an argument than a quarrel any day. <laughs> we, we can't come to terms with this because we are insufficiently informed, insufficiently informed by uh, the president, uh, the committee, um, or the attorney general. Okay, so I'm sorry. I, I have to ch chime in with a, um, <laughs> with a Stephen Colbert thing that he said when he said, so they've said that they've got plenty of evidence about what Trump did, and they're ready to you know, have some sort of criminal referral. So now they are um, presenting to the DOJ all the things that we've been watching on TV for the last six months. And I thought, yeah, evidence, evidence that they had to go. We've had it on the television. And, and there's Every another day. point, you know, is that they, they don't have a burden of showing it beyond a preponderance or beyond a reasonable doubt. Right. The, that's, that's a, correct. The test is way lower than that is we think there's enough here, Merrick, so that you should investigate. And we expect you'll find more than we will. You have the, the powers of the FBI and, and subpoena powers that work better than our subpoena powers do. Um, so, hey, go for it. 
and see if you can do better than we can. This is a low bar. Right. And OJ, you might have already suggested earlier in your comment um, exactly what's going on, and that is what kind of damage is the torpedo of inaction from the DOJ could do to the ship of democracy if Merrick Garland does nothing? I think whether we have all the details or not from the select committee, I think by raising that question, which you've done, uh, may be the real telltale sign of why we aren't seeing a referral. Uh, my yeah. God, what would happen if Merrick Garland does nothing with it? I bet you're well, right. I, I, question, I, I right? say that not only because I bet you're right, um, but because you're saying what I'm saying. So I have a question. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Humility strikes the day. <laughs> doesn't the Congress, doesn't this committee and doesn't Congress have the power to um, issue not just subpoenas, but to issue a criminal uh, indictment? Can't they no, do that? No, no, stop. No, no, no. no. That is DOJ and DOJ alone. You can have hearings, which goes to my next question, Cynthia. Thank you for that transition. Jay, do we see hearings here shortly from the select committee? Do we see open public hearings? Yeah, but first I want to I want to go to what the DOJ can do. It, it can initiate a, a grand jury. And that's not a secret. You know, what happens in the grand jury, that is a secret, should be a secret. But look at, look at uh, for example, the case in Georgia that you mentioned, Tim. We all know there's a grand jury sitting. The prosecutor or, you know, organized a grand jury, got an order for one. Um, Merrick Garland hasn't told us, so I'll assume that he hasn't organized a grand jury. And a grand jury is the one that does the, you know, what do you want to call it, prosecutorial type investigation. Anyway, um, you were asking something else. Uh, I lost it. What was it? Hearings. Well, again, hearings. Uh, you yeah, know, hearings. They, they could have made these hearings public a long time ago. I think the, um, you know, the, their, their, their timidity about that is they don't want to get uh, pasted for doing political television, you know, <clears throat> as we have seen in the past. They want to do most of the job or well, maybe all well, how of the does, job. Well, how does America find out what's going on if they... Don't have hearings. Well, I am reminded of what I thought was a pretty good job with respect to uh, the shooting in Brooklyn yesterday. Immediately, the governor of the state, and she's not necessarily concerned with what happens in Brooklyn. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a city issue. Yeah? She gets up and says, we are going to follow him. We're going to find him, you know, all that stuff. Um, and the mayor gets up and, and the police people get up and they all on the same page, they say we are we are not letting a minute go by without, you know, using the full resources of our various uh, instrumentalities. And so I thought that was good. Okay. Why can we not have that from the committee? Why can we not have that from Congress and from Biden? How hard would it be to have a communications person get up and, and tell us what's going on when they pop out and say, oh yeah, we've, we've examined 750 witnesses so far. But we're not telling you exactly who or what they're saying or even what we ask them about. I'm saying, you know, that's a, a, a failure of communications. What they should have is somebody like the, the, the governor of the state of New York <laughs> getting up there and telling us day by day how it's going. And then, by the way, they succeeded this morning and there were more statements from governmental agencies in New York. And the whole thing rings well. Um, but it's not ringing well either in the select committee or certainly in the attorney general. 
All right, thanks, Jay. You know, Cynthia, I, I hesitate to ask this question because I'm afraid to know what the answer might be. Um, is the House Select Committee going to do a, a, a deja vu repeat of the Mueller report where he plops it on a desk? He goes, there it is. And the American public goes, I'm not waiting through 750 pages of, of documents. What is it? You tell me what it is. Uh, are we going to have a repeat of the Mueller report that goes nowhere? And well, as Jay has actually described as a nothing burger. Let's get Bill Barr back. That's what I was when that report stop. comes out, let's get Bill Barr back. And <laughs> I was going to say, we don't have Bill Barr, so of course it won't go the same. And really, the Mueller report wasn't a nothing burger. It was only a nothing burger because Bill Barr destroyed it and, you know, changed it and made it seem like it was nothing. When in reality, and I was just looking at this this morning, even Mueller said, if there was a way to clear him. If there was evidence that said he was not guilty, we would have said so. There is nine counts of obstruction that can be charged, but we can't charge them. And then, of course, Bill Barr took all that away. So I don't know as Mueller did such a bad job. And then when they did okay. bring him to interview well, him, he sat there and they asked, he wouldn't give him any details, but he would say, yes, that's right. Yes, I said that. Yes, that's right. And so I think that's important because he did come out and say that his report was correct and they didn't find evidence to exonerate him. Well, doesn't the House committee have some obligation of messaging or we won't call it messaging because that sounds political. How about communication to the American public of their findings? Don't they have some obligation to do that other than a slapping down a, a multi-page report um, yes, that's the question. I do. I absolutely believe that they do owe the American people on answers. We need answers. It's been a year and a half for goodness sakes. We need answers to these questions and they need to have hearings. I think they definitely, hopefully will have hearings where they bring in these people and show the American people. But why do we have to wait for a hearing? I wanna see some stuff now. If they're willing to come out and you know have Liz Cheney come out and say yes. Because well, that would make it look political. Wouldn't that politicize to have, gives a to have some kind of a partial report before you had the hearings? Well, Maybe, but I would like to see a partial report, but I don't know. I think we, we all would. One. Oh, yeah. So We're tired. This, this is the <laughs> We're waiting thing. for Godot. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm going to switch. I'm going to switch topics. Um, I guess more news at 11 uh, regarding the referral or the lack thereof. Jay, uh, two major um, news breaks here on uh, the, the invasion of uh, Ukraine, and one being that uh, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken has suggested that there may be a strong possibility of the use of chemical weapons. And then the other um, rather definitive statement from President Joe Biden was he believes that genocide is now part of this uh, Putin's war, Putin's invasion. Uh, your, your thoughts about um, either or of those comments from either Blinken or President Biden? Let's go to the first one first. My reading is that uh, there's no hard evidence yet. There's no forensic evidence saying we've found chemicals, you know, on a given shell. Um, but they're looking. And there are teams of chemists looking right now. 
Uh, he may have been leading too fast. Um, and maybe he did that for... That was my question. Was he, was he out in front of the diving board? I think he was. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. I mean, we'll know in, in hours or days. We'll know. Uh, and, you know, who knows what the Russians are doing? You know, maybe they, maybe they had one shell with some kind of chemical in it, you know, and just to terrify everybody. Um, that's one thing. And um, the other thing uh, was, I forgot, what was your other? The what? genocide uh, comment oh. from President Biden. Yeah, when did he finally notice that? Uh, you know, when you have genocide, you have it at 5,000 people under the rubble being crushed, 10,000, 20,000. I mean, I think genocide started a long time ago. You know, we know clearly, and it's not even retrospective, um, that the Russians don't care. Um, they, they, they blow up people who are there in a physical, in a geographical location. That's the way they do war. That's the way they do, you know, Chechnya. Uh, and their last attack in the, in the south of, um, you know, uh, Ukraine. <clears throat> They're going to continue to do that. Uh, that's their playbook. Um, and it is genocide for sure. And if we didn't notice it in Aleppo, in Syria, the Russians were doing the same thing there, bombing civilians. And in that case, they were using chemical weapons for sure. So, I mean, I, I don't know what the hesitation is. We have it. It's on us. And I don't know why we don't recognize it. The problem is nice to recognize it. Nice to finally get the conclusion that we have, you know, atrocities and war crimes and genocide. Um, but what are we going to do about it? You know, when you, when you have this kind of thing, it's very hard to stop it. You know, there's a great movie on TV called The Promise. And it's the story of the genocide of the Armenians at the start of World War I in Turkey, where the Turks murdered them with the specific intention of killing them all. And they murdered 1.5 million of them. That's what the movie is about. Very, very troubling. How do you get, how do you stop that? And there was an article, I think it was David Brooks in the Times a week ago, and he said, look, if, if a guy is doing war crimes and atrocities and genocide, if he is, in fact, a war criminal, the only way to stop him really is with violence, because if he remains in power, he's not going to stop by virtue of the, what do you call it, public opinion, policy, you know, determinations within that country. Nobody in Russia is going to stop Putin from doing this. It has to be an external force that stops him. And, you know, Biden's not willing to discuss that. Nor is NATO, nor well, is Eastern, uh, the, uh, the coalition. Yeah. Well, I'll go to Cynthia based on um, your comment here. Cynthia, it seems to me that we've been in an incremental increase of support to Ukraine uh, based on, you know, the development of Putin's atrocities. So the greater the atrocities, the more daring uh, NATO and President Biden has been willing to say, OK, now that we see this, we're going to do X, Y, Z. We're going to give them more, more efficient weapons or better weapons. But we weren't willing to do it before because we didn't want to engage in a, um, an acceleration of, of, of war. So, I, so if there is evidence of chemical warfare, do you expect to see an increase of NATO's support, the United States support for Ukraine as far as the sophistication of weapons and or I can't imagine what other sanctions we can implement, but uh, additional sanctions? Um, I think that we need to be 
personally involved once it reaches the chemical level. Now, I think we should be involved already. I realize I don't want, we don't want to start World War III. I get all of that. But like, they still don't have the MiGs. They haven't given them the airplanes. Right. Like that. There's so many things that we could do um, that President Zelensky is asking for that, you know, stop short of engaging, you know, personally with Russia. But you know, we use the term, what are we waiting for um, on the previous topic of a referral to the DOJ? Can't we say that now? What are we waiting yeah. for? Um, we waiting by the way, what's the difference between a chemical strike versus overt, obvious war, war crimes against humanity? What is the difference there? Well, you know, we know the difference, and I'm sure that NATO knows the difference, and I'm sure that they are working on where their red line is. I don't think they're just flying by the seat of their pants hoping that Russia is going to come around. I think they have a good picture of who Putin is and what to expect from him. So I'm not sure that are, I- are, are you waiting for the red line because they really don't want to shut off gas and oil from Russia? Is that red, red, that red line somewhere uh, being obscured because there is um, concern that they will not be able to buy or before gas and oil from Russia. I, I think that is part of it. That is definitely in there. They've been working on the EU to stop their importing of the oil and gas. So I know that that, that is in there. But you know, like I read that Stalin quote not too long ago, is either last week or the week before. And he said, death is the solution. No people, no problems. Right. Yeah. So he and we know that Putin is sort of following after Stalin. So maybe he's just thinking all he wants is the land. That's he wants the resources that are in the land is all Putin wants. So, of course, he doesn't care if he gets rid of all the people, then there won't be a a, a population to come up after him. Well, after what, what he'll do is what Stalin did on the great starvation of Ukraine is starve the Ukrainians out let them die and then repopulate the country with Russians. He'll That's just, full force, he'll just say, you're now going to be living in Ukraine. Right. That's why in there's Ukraine, so many Russian speaking Ukraine, people Russia. in Ukraine. Well, Ukraine will no longer be Ukraine. It will be Russia. So, right. you know, one of the things that breaks my heart is watching all of these ancient artifacts, these incredibly beautiful buildings that are, you know, from so long ago, you know, hundreds of years old, and they're just destroyed. So, so much history, not just people, but history is being destroyed in the midst of all. You know, I was tempted, we're, we're out of time. In fact, we're over time, but I was tempted to ask the question, what would happen if the Ukrainians did a proactive strike on the Kremlin? Oh, I think they should. I think they yeah. should do it now. It's um, not he's gonna get worse with them. How much worse can he get? They can't, he can't get worse. So I say go for it. Absolutely. You made this suggestion one time, uh, Tim, that they just need to find somebody that they can pay enough money to to go in there and kill him. Sorry. I, I may or may not have said that. Okay, we have run out of time. We are out of time. I may uh, Jay, last comments. You. I'll give you some comments. I, I don't I don't think this is going to end nicely. Um, I, I think you have on the one hand, the atrocities raise interest, um, raise support 
uh, in Western Europe and to some extent, to a, to a lesser extent, really, in the U.S. Um, but there's another factor working, and that is the apathy and the complacence factor that we talked about in connection with American politics. Um, they're getting tired of it. They're getting tired of hearing about, you know, the, the stories of the refugees. They're getting tired of having situations where uh, the local countries, um, you know, um, can't afford to take care of the refugees. They're all getting tired in Europe about this, and they're going to go to complacency. And I'll tell you, I'm getting tired. We're all getting tired. Um, and that's what Putin is banking on. And so that strengthens him. So you have these two cross factors on the chart. One is the, the, out, the outrageous things that make us want to support the Ukrainians. And two is the, the continuation without, without session at all. It keeps going and going like the ever-ready battery. And he's always doubling down. And this new general is going to make it worse. Oh, and, yeah. and the atrocities in Donbass are going to be hideous. And so what he's demoralizing us at the same time, which one of those crosshairs will prevail? It's not clear, but, you know, we three anyway, we should follow it because we'll see it's going to tilt. We're at a pivotal point, I think, right now to see what Joe Biden does, to see what Congress does, to see, you know, what France does. France has, you know, obviously two political stories going on there um, and Germany. <clears throat> So whether uh, you know this points to a successful conclusion or not, I'm not sure, and I'm not particularly optimistic. All right, Cynthia, you get the last word. Okay, I'm not very optimistic either. <laughs> I don't, I don't have an optimistic word for us today. I'm sorry, but I do want to make a comment about what we were talking about in the beginning, as far as the um, select committee and not wanting to look partisan. As Jay said, and I totally agree with him, and I think this is an important thing. Who cares? They're gonna make it partisan no matter what they do. So if it's no matter what they do, then just plow forward as if the partisan part doesn't matter. Just because they're Republicans doesn't mean they're not criminals. Right? Uh, that's so, right. So I think quotable, Cynthia. That's quotable. <laughs> so I think they need to just go forward and and put give this referral, this criminal referral over to the DOJ. Because the longer we pussyfoot around Putin or Trump, either one, the more we give power to that kind of autocratic dictatorship thinking. And so I think we need to not worry about that and just stand right up to him right now. That's my all right. Last word, great words, quotable words. I'm Tim Apicella with What Now America. I'd like to thank my guests, Jay Fidel, Cynthia Lee Sinclair. Join us next Wednesday, 11 o'clock. We'll see you then. Aloha.
Thank you so much for watching Think Tech Hawaii. If you like what we do, please like us and click the subscribe button on YouTube and the follow button on Vimeo. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and donate to us at thinktechhawaii.com. Mahalo.